Welcome to Enthusiastically Self-Employed, the show created for you as a coach, consultant, solopreneur, and small business owner. Those of us who are enthusiastic about growing our business and learning along the way. This show features expert interviews from business rock stars in my network, plus solo episodes with marketing and LinkedIn tips from me, Brenda Mellon. Years ago, the universe nudged me forward into a new path as a solopreneur. I didn't know it at the time, but my career in corporate marketing and my knack for LinkedIn opened a new door for me. Whatever brought you into being self-employed, whether it was a corporate career transition, downsizing, early retirement, or a desire for a more fulfilling career path, my guess is you found this show because you are also enthusiastically self-employed. I'm glad you found me. Now let's get started. Hey, this is Brenda Meller bringing you back for another interview through my series, which I call Enthusiastically Self-Employed. And I've started to get more involved in different communities, in groups, and I stumbled upon a podcasting community through the Podcasting Business School. I believe that's where you and I first met, Matt. Is that right? That's right. Yep. That was a little bit ago. But uh, yeah, we connected over this uh, this shared interest in podcasting. And uh, yeah, now I'm ready to learn from the pros like you. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm delighted that we found each other in the group. And it was a smaller group. We were on a Zoom chat that day. And, and the host, Adam Shobley, I always mispronounce his name. I apologize, Adam, if you're listening to this. But Adam said, hey, you know, be sure to connect with one another. And if you have a podcast, tell us about it and invite each other on your shows and whatnot. So Matt and I ended up connecting offline, having a bit of a conversation about his business and what he does. And I said, I think this would be perfect discussion to have on our show. So before we jump into that talk, Matt, I know a little bit about you. We're still getting to know each other. Why don't you take a few minutes, tell us a bit about, you know, what you do now, what your business is all about, and then maybe tell us a little bit of the backstory, how you got to where you are today. Yeah, thanks, Brenda. And super excited to be here on your podcast, number one. Two, so yeah, my background is I am a career consultant. I have spent the majority of my career helping big companies transform their brands and had a couple of major consulting firms in New York City. And now I'm an independent consultant helping companies of all sizes, including small businesses, entrepreneurs, startups, that kind of thing, figure out how to transform their brand if they're going through a moment where they're thinking a rebrand of some sort is a good idea or necessary. So yeah, so that's my my focus. I do have a podcast called Should I Rebrand My Business, which is one of the reasons we're speaking. And there it's a focus on, again, smaller businesses and entrepreneurs that are going through a potential rebrand process. So yeah, so that's me in a nutshell. Good. And and we're talking today about is now the right time to rebrand my business? And we were, you know, kind of kick, kicking around the discussion before we got started here today. And, you know, this is a challenge for a lot of people who are self-employed. When they first go out there, it's like, you know, putting putting their stake in the ground on what my business is all about in the beginning. And I remember going through the same thing. In the beginning, I was doing a little bit of everything. I didn't want to turn any business away. So if I had any sort of capability to help someone in an area that they needed help in, I would do it. And for me, it was doing marketing strategy, marketing plans, social media management. LinkedIn was like my my sweet spot, but I didn't want to go all in on LinkedIn in the beginning. And, you know, my business was Meller Marketing. And I've seen other people go through similar processes. And I even had a friend, I think she called her something, something research in the beginning. And now she no longer does research. And she's having to do an entire rebrand. For me, Meller Marketing still works. But talk to me about when when you're working with with folks, you know, when is the right time? I mean, should we just keep going all in on the initial brand that we've created and evolve it? 
or what are those those triggers that might prompt someone to think about doing some rebranding? What do you think? Yeah, super interesting. And it's funny, I'll, I'll say like a, an admission as I start, which is I have all this experience on the corporate side over the years of for businesses and, you know, usually bigger companies, why they should rebrand. And I'll talk a little bit about those now. But now I'm a, I'm a solo consultant myself. And it's really funny. I go to market under my own name. And so I am going through all these questions on my own about my own business, whether I should, what, what's a rebrand time? Should I change the name? Should I change the identity of my own solo consulting business? And so the rubber is meeting the road in terms of all these great best practices I think I have and whether or not they work for those of us soloists. So let me st- step back a second and say, the way I generally think about it when it comes to rebranding, whether you're an entrepreneur, you know, solo consultant or a small business is there are reasons that you must 100% rebrand. You have to rebrand. And then there's sort of reasons why you might want to rebrand. And there's, you know, differences among those that might set you up for a, you know, different kind of process and result. So I'll just give you a few examples, which is if you are a business that has suffered some you know, reputational damage, right? So this is a a scenario, hopefully none of us experience as entrepreneurs and solo consultants. But if you are running into any kind of reputational damage, you're trying to move beyond, you know, sort of something that you did in your business and and perceived to have have done in your business, typically not a huge problem with with solo consultants and entrepreneurs. But that's one reason, for example, that you would totally have to rebrand and it's a must-have situation. So that's one reason why you would have to do it. But if there's, there are other reasons that I could touch on, for example, probably the most common with entrepreneurs and small businesses that their business name doesn't work anymore. And there's a few reasons for that. One is that they've scaled their capabilities. They're bigger than they used to be. They do more things than they used to do, or they've kind of repivoted their business to something broader or different. Another reason that consultants and entrepreneurs will want to change their name is because they're looking to think about moving beyond their individual identity as a solo consultant and trying to create either an agency or a small business as well. So so for example, if I had Brenda Meller incorporated and I wanted it to be more than just me, I wanted it to encompass a team or more of a a plan or a strategy, right? Exactly. And there's, in all of these scenarios, I think the, the thing that I try to encourage is stop and take stock of your strategy. Where are you trying to go? Think about the short term and, you know, a few years out even where you're trying to take your business. And that if you are, you know, there are advantages to leaning into your name. If you're trying to be an, an authority and an expert, certain consultants and entrepreneurs will go that route and they do it indefinitely. And they, they really home in on an expertise area and use their personal name to build their brand. Mm-hmm. But if you are looking to scale up and create sort of an identity around an an entity that can serve customers and have scale and flexibility. It's a little hard to do that as a single name. I mean, people, for example, one of the things that I know I struggle with in my own consulting business is boardroom credibility. If you're trying to get in front of large groups of people to show that, you know, you're an authority and that you can support businesses in a certain way, it's not always easy to do it under your own name. So yeah, just saying Brenda Meller Consulting, they're like, well, how are you going to do this? This is a major initiative. It's requiring many players and many elements, right? How are they going to do this by yourself? 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But then there's the, the pro of that is using your name is that you've, you know, fashioned the identity around you and the qualities and characteristics that make you special, distinctive and, and relevant to, you know, your clients. And there's a value in that. So it's making that strategic decision. I think thinking about like, where are you trying to go over the next few years? Are you trying to, what are the pros and cons of, of maintaining that personal identity as your brand or scaling up to something you know bigger and more abstract to give you more presence and, and weight as, as a small or growing business? So, what, yeah. so when you were talking earlier, Matt, about, you know, thinking five years ahead, I, you know, I, I think of myself and my own journey. I'm about six years in right now. And, you know, I, I don't know that I could have imagined where, where I am today. Is that an easier process, do you think, for some folks, like the longer they're in business to think about where they might be five years ahead and then to bring that into the rebranding conversation? And, and, and if so, you know, what advice do you have for those that are, because there are probably some folks that are just thinking about getting started. They might be still working a corporate job right now and yes. launching your business or building a brand. So what advice do you have for both of those groups? Yeah, I think that's great. I think for people just getting started, I think you want to be extra thoughtful and cautious about rebranding too quickly. Mm-hmm. I think you can lean into the identity that you have, whether that's your name or if you already have a you know business name and leverage that for, you know, I would say a couple of years as you figure out what you're trying to do rather than sort of, you know, jumping to, to rebranding too quickly, because I, I think the core of it is you have to really spend some time understanding what, it, you know, regardless of what your name is for your brand and your, your firm, what is it that you stand for? What makes you distinctive? And what is your story? That is mm-hmm. critical. And I think is often overlooked, especially by entrepreneurs and solo consultants, because everybody's so hectic and they, they feel like, you know, that it's about, obviously driving successful products and services, creating relationships with clients, but, you know, thinking about your story, what you stand for, those kind of strategic things are often Mm -hmm. glossed over. And that when you're just getting started, spending time on your story and what you stand for, I think is maybe the most important thing you could do. Mm -hmm. And then as you go through your business over time, you're going to, as you start to amass more clients and get a sense of what you're particularly good at and where you want to focus your business in the coming years, I think it does get easier and you're in better, better position to think about a rebrand and changing the identity of your, your business. Once you have some momentum, it's really hard in the beginning. Yeah. I can say even for myself, just I've been solo for like three years now. And I feel like right now I have a, at this point, have a good sense of like the, the client base and the characteristics of them. And it takes a few years to figure out like where you're good at and where your, your center point is. Yeah. And I think it probably comes with confidence too, right, Matt? I mean, when you're in the beginning and, you know, whatever brought you to being self-employed, I mean, some of us are, it, we, we exited from corporate on our own. We made the decision. I've got the five-year plan or the three-year plan or whatever, and we left and others. It was sudden. And like, for me, I, I, I had an LLC on the side. I was running it just as a side hustle with no intention of ever doing it full-time. I admired the people that were doing it, but I had no intention but then the universe nudged me forward, if you will. I had a leadership change, did a different uh, transition within the organization. And I was told, you, you know, you can stay for three months while we go through this. I gave it a week. I went back and I said, today's my last day. And I was happy with that decision. I held my head high. But in the beginning, 
you know, I wasn't thinking of staying self-employed. And, you know, I think when, when people would come to me and say, Hey, Brenda, can you help me with this? Can you help me? And I was like, you know, I was eager to see where things would go. So I would just take a little bit of everything. And for me, it became a little bit easier. And I'm curious if the same process was true with you. It became easier to say no to the wrong things that didn't align with my brand as, as time went on and as I gained confidence with my business. Any thoughts on that? A hundred percent. I mean, I think it, well, it, I think it's critical to, to find a way to say no to those things. And that is part of the value of thinking about brand and whether it's a rebrand or just your own brand, keeping the identity that you have today. Mm-hmm. I think you're spot on that saying no and figuring out again, what you stand for and which kind of clients you serve and which you don't is part of building your brand and being really choosy about saying no to certain things. And in the beginning for every consultant, I think it's hard to say no. I mean, why would you say no? You're getting fees. You need to keep the lights right. Depending, unless you're independently wealthy, you need to get, bring revenue in and, and get stuff done. But I think there's you're spot on that there's definitely a connection between building your brand in a strong way and saying no to things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, good strategy is all about making choices. And, and in a lot of cases, it's as much about saying no as it is about saying yes. So yeah. I want to I want to d- dive into that just a little bit deeper, yeah. Matt, because there might be some people going. I'm not going to say no to revenue. Like somebody's offering me money to do a service that I can do. Yeah, maybe it's not the favorite thing that I want to do or the top of my list of things that I would pick. But if somebody's offering me money, how could I say no to that? What would what would you say to that, Matt? You know, based on maybe your own experiences. Yeah. So what what I would say, what I've learned in the past three years is, okay, if you say yes to everything that comes your way, <clears throat> essentially what you're going to turn into is a pretty highly stressed Swiss army knife that mm-hmm. has maybe higher revenue than you know you thought you could generate. But someone who is a bit frazzled and doesn't have a center of focus, you start to get burnt out. And it's an opportunity cost where you're spending a lot of time doing work, uh, as they say, in the business and not doing any work on your business. And there's just in terms of overall mental health and enjoying what you do as a solo consultant, if you have to spend time on your business, not just in it, you you can't just be serving your clients all day long. You'd be completely exhausted and the nighttime comes and you're not going to spend any time during the week on your business and where you're trying to take it strategically. So I think it's, it, you, I've just observed myself. If I don't get more, more focused on eliminating client work that doesn't, that is not right for me, Mm burn out and you essentially, you're going to, you know, not enjoy what you're doing. So I think so much of it is about pushing things away that don't fit. And it's not easy. It's yeah. definitely not easy. It takes courage. It takes, you know, you sit there at your desk staring at the wall thinking like, okay, I could be billing right now, but I'm not. It's a little uncomforting at the beginning, but I think it's critical. Yeah. It, it gets easier as time goes on is what I heard you say there too. So, so let's assume, you know, we're, we're starting to move into this conversation of, you know, we're getting more confident with our business. We had a name in the beginning and a couple of years have gone along. We're being a little bit more selective about the work that's coming in. It's lining up. And for me, I mean, when you talk about this, like at the beginning of 2020, now keep in mind, the pandemic was like a, a whisper on the horizon at that point. But at the beginning of 2020, I was like, I'm going all in on LinkedIn. And I started telling my social media management clients I wasn't going to do their, the, I was going to end, you know, the work and transition them off. And I started being very selective and my revenue really started to accelerate at that point. And and again, the pandemic was just on the horizon. There was there was whispers, but nothing was really 
and, and I'm still comfortable with the decision I made. But let's say there's those folks that are listening in today too, and they've gotten, they've gotten more focused on what they're doing in terms of their services, their offerings, and now they're taking a look at their their brand and they're figuring out does this even match up? And I want to like even take a step back from that brand. What is that? Is that my company name? Is that my co- logos, my colors, my personality? Like, what is like? Can you break that down a little bit for us? And what are the elements of the brand that we should be thinking about? Yeah, the traditional way I think that you know most people would define a brand is you know name and a logo, the look and feel, and kind of the the graphic identity of your business and verbally, you know what you say, right? Your name, if that's the case, and then how you show up, you know, on the website and 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 the color palette and things like that. And that's all good. And I think that those things totally deserve attention and those are part of brand. But what I think is more important is fundamentally the story and the set of beliefs that you have as a business and where those things are below the surface of the brand. And those are the the foundation that you don't necessarily see in the name. You don't see in the logo and the Mm -hmm. color palette and on the website, but getting those things clear are critical to me in terms of what your brand is and whether you need to rebrand or not. So you could, if you're, you know, a a consultant and you're moving through, you know, the years, you could absolutely stay with the name you have. Again, I think, you know, you could keep your name, you could keep your logo, but you could still evolve and strengthen your brand for sure by clarifying what is your story? What do you stand for? Whom are you serving? What do they get out of that equation? And why are you doing it? Is there a higher purpose to that? Is it just so, you know, you can you can build more hours or is there you actually trying to achieve something beyond that? Is there sort of some higher mission that you're trying to pursue? Uh, now, for those of us, you know, consultants, like, you know, there's not always a, you know, a higher purpose, like a Patagonia or something that's trying to like, you know, reverse climate change or something like that. Like, I, mean, I don't I don't think you have to necessarily go there, mm-hmm. but I think we all should be thinking about what we're trying to accomplish beyond just functionally serving clients. Cause I don't know about you. That just feels like it's, it's way less motivating. Yeah. It's something that I, I feel like when you do, we're describing that, Matt, I was just thinking about a conversation I had with a client in the past week and she paid for this, for the coaching call I did with her. But at the end of the call, we were wrapping up and she's like, can I just say something? She's like, I know She's like, I know, you know, you're good at what you do, but do you know how good you are? Like, she's like, do you, do you realize how much you've helped me in the past hour? Like, she's like, you've done things for me that no one else has, has done. And I feel more confident about. And, and it was like, I, I got paid, but the money versus, you know, the, the feelings that she shared with me. I mean, that was, I felt like that was my why that's exactly why I do what I do so that I can help people in, in different ways that, you know, unlock the secrets of LinkedIn or do different. And and to me, I said, I just want to say like, that's, you are why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that's a bit of that story when you're, when you're hearing that feedback with your clients, would you agree? hundred percent. I mean, I think that's amazing. And like my question back to you would be like, do you, are you using that? Why to kind of orient what you're doing, where you're going, where you're trying to take your, your business in other words, and, and is it coming through in how you express your your brand or people mm-hmm. getting that message or is maybe you're just sort of you know figuring out now you know it's kind of crystallizing and that's totally fine too but are you leaning into that because that i i feel like that's that's the opportunity like you could keep your name the same for for 10 years but if you're really clear on that why and that's like super you know that that's your superpower yeah and some people might feel even even as you were talking right now i was thinking 
have I even done anything with that? Have I merchandised that? Have I brought it into my brand story? And sometimes I feel like when we're solopreneurs, there's this careful balance that we walk between not gloating about ourselves and not going yay me and patting ourselves on the back when we're sharing out testimonials and things like that versus incorporating those into our brand story, into, you know, our about statement on our LinkedIn profile or into our about our company on our website. So what advice do you have? And and I don't know if this is something that that women struggle more with than men or if it's, you know, on both sides of the, the gender, but how do we bring pieces of that story into our, our brand story without making it feel like we're we're gloating or we're kind of pumping up our own ego, so to speak. What do you think? Yeah, I think that there's a way to to get clear and focus on what makes you do what you do really well, why you do it, to use your language, which is mm-hmm. the most important thing. There's a distinction between going through that process and understanding what, what makes you special and why you do what you do. And I think you, we all should do that as solo consultants. And then and then you know, turning that into a slogan is not something you have to necessarily do. This is where, again, I think like conventionally branding is thought of as a tagline or a logo, like just do it or whatever, think different, right? The millions of taglines that we all know from TV is typically what people think of as branding. But when Mm -hmm. it comes to a brand and your brand, what you just said to me was so interesting was when you're talking to your client, she said, you, you give her a feeling of confidence and there's something hugely powerful there. I don't know if you're currently thinking about and and you you know do you sit down and think about okay when when you're serving your clients that's the ultimate benefit that they get and how can you help them be more confident? That right there is like an organizing principle for everything you do as a consultant in your business. It's not a service that you provide. The services work in service of you getting confidence for your clients. So if you were to take that idea just as an example and say you know sort of sit down and think about like how, this is really why you do what you do to help your clients feel more confident. It opens up ways of, of creating services and things that you can do for them that may go beyond what you do today because you're, it's all in, in service of getting them to feel more confident. As an example, mm-hmm. that, and that may not be your whole why for you, but yeah. it's just part of it. And I think if you, if you use that as a filter, that notion of confidence, if, you, if, if, if your listeners, you know, my suggestion would be, you know, be reflective, spend some time thinking about your why, get to something like confidence, get to a story, and then use that as a filter to think through where you really create value and connection with your clients, and then start to organize your services around the why, I think it'll be much more long lasting and and, and powerful for them. Matt, you make it sound like so easy. Now that I'm talking to you, I feel like I have more clarity even on my own brand and and the process to go through. And I I imagine this I mean, this is what you're passionate about. This is what you help people with. So it it probably does come easy for you. This is part of your why. But there, there's probably some folks that are listening that are like, I don't know that I could get there on, on my own. On that note, I, I imagine there's some folks that are, might be listening that might be like, hey, maybe I should talk to this Matt guy and figure out if he can help me out. So can you can you tell us if someone who's listening in wants to learn a little bit more about the services that you offer, who do you work with and, and what are those those services or offerings look like? Yeah. So traditionally I've worked with large companies and, you know, all, all the, the sort of biggest companies you can think of. I do have a website, which I'm actually in the process of updating, but I'm going to throw a plug out right now, which is it's Matt Huss, M-A-T-T-H-U-S-S as in Sam, dot C-O forward slash home, H-O-M-E. That's my current address, but I am in the process in the next you know month of, of updating that. So there's some information about me there and you can see the big companies that I've worked with there. And I'm 
over the last year been focusing more on small business entrepreneurs to see if there's an opportunity that I can help you know individuals and smaller businesses with these kind of challenges as well. And you know, just to your point about like whether it's easy or hard, I would say it is something that you have to be willing to lean into. If you know, we talked about you know your why and the idea of confidence as an example. To get to something like that, it is a non-linear process. It's a little messy. And I know that that can kind of grate on people when you're solo consultant. Again, if you have like your day so scheduled and you don't want to step back and, and you know, open up and sort of take a look at the mirror. But it is a process of, of pushing and pulling and you have to be kind of willing to go on the journey. But it's 100% doable. And what what I think I really find with big companies and even with smaller businesses is when you go through that process, you learn a lot about yourself and your business that pays off in ways that go beyond just like throwing up a new logo and a name on your website. Yeah, <laughs> it's much more. And I think that's, that's one of my key takeaways too, from this conversation, you know, working, I think work, sometimes working with someone, it's almost, it almost reminds me of when you go and meet with a counselor or a psychologist or something, they, they draw out of you what was already there all along and they help you to work through and think through it and, and come to solutions that work with you. And I often feel like that's what a good consultant does. A good consultant doesn't just tell you what to do, but they guide you through the process. And I think, I think that's your approach. Would you agree? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's like a, you know, co-creation or even like more of a self-discovery kind of thing. So yeah, I think counseling is, it's funny, is an, a really interesting uh, analog. I don't have any like couches or anything like that. Like we're <laughs> But yeah, it's just a partnership. And, you know, there's this overused line I've heard, but I still really like it. It's something like, you know, it's hard to read the label from inside the bottle, if you've heard that one. And I'm a believer in that. And by the way, I I work with with coaches too. Like Adam's a great example, our our coach. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you need someone to look at what you're doing and be like, and just kind of ask you questions and, you know, help you sort through what you can't see in your Mm -hmm. own life. Well, a great point. Well, I really enjoyed the conversation here today, Matt. I want to thank you so much for joining me and and being on with us. We were talking today about is now the right time to rebrand your business. And we we took a couple detours and and pivots on our conversation here today, but I think it was really time well spent. And Matt, as we start to close, I, I will remind people, I'll put in the show notes, the link to your website. And if that updates in the future, I'll be happy to update the link in the podcast show notes as well. But you're also on LinkedIn and LinkedIn's my platform. So I'll, I'll encourage folks to connect with you on LinkedIn. Are you open to connecting with listeners of the podcast? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much for doing that. And if any tips you want to share with me on my LinkedIn profile, I know it needs needs work. <laughs> so I'll take them. But thank you, Brenda. It was super pleasurable and enjoyable to be part of this podcast. And hopefully we've covered anything like remotely useful for your amazing listenership. And uh, yeah, look forward to continued success for you. Yeah, definitely. No, it was a great conversation. Thank you so much, Matt. And I'll just remind everyone, if you do visit Matt's profile on LinkedIn to mention in your invitation that you heard him on the podcast with Brenda Meller, so he knows where you heard about him from. And I do have some, when you said, give me any tips, I do have a couple resources and I'll be sending you these, Matt, and I'll put those in the show notes as well. I do have one, which is a downloadable checklist, 15 LinkedIn tips for coaches and consultants. It's a really good primer. And then I just launched a LinkedIn tips for podcasters checklist as well. And actually, Adam prompted me to create something specifically for podcasters. And he said, reach out when you have it done. And you just remind me, I need to reach out to Adam and tell him I have it done. <laughs> on that note, thank you so much, Matt, for being on the show with me today. It was a delight talking to you. Thanks so much, Brenda. Pleasure. 
Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Brenda Meller. Wanted to let you know if you're a coach and consultant and you're looking for some tips to really up your LinkedIn game, I've got a free downloadable checklist for you. It's called 15 LinkedIn Profile Tips for Coaches and Consultants. And this checklist is a way of getting some quick and easy tips to update your LinkedIn profile today to help generate more leads for your coaching and consulting business. To grab your copy of the list, go to mellermarketing.com slash list.